0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR, sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan.
1: Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for listening. John Rockefeller said, people skills is as an obtainable commodity as coffee or sugar, and I will pay more for that ability than any other under the sun. That's why we go to the Mackinac Policy Conference to build and enhance relationships with the influencers in our state. We want them to know, understand, more about food insecurity and its effect on children, our communities, and more importantly, we want them to grasp the idea that food insecurity is a solvable problem. This year, Paula Cunningham, CEO of AARP, joins me in welcoming Patty Graham, the CEO of the Meridian Health Plan, Greg Viner, the Regional Marketing President for Huntington Bank in Flint, And Monique Stanton, the CEO of the Michigan League for Public Policy, as they stop by our WJR studios here at the Grand Hotel for a quick conversation about why they want to invest part of their one handful of life in helping create a food-secure state. Welcome back everyone. Jerry Brisson. Missed you at Mackinac, as I said last week, but man, I'm glad to see you in the studio today. For segment
2: two, you know, we did segment one, now we got segment two, but as I said last week, uh, this is an amazing guest list. Uh, You do a great job up at Mackinac. I wish wish our listeners could see you at work up there. I just want to say, Dr. Phil is the most hugged person at Mackinac by far. I don't know who keeps tally on that, so it's probably just anecdotal, but uh, you're well-loved for a reason, Doctor. You're a good listener. You have important things to talk about. People want to know what you have to say, and uh, and so uh, sorry I couldn't be there. I always benefit just from sitting next to you on the porch for all that time.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because uh, Brent Worth, who's the CEO at Easter Seals, uh, here in Michigan, uh, it was his first trip up and we've spent a little time together as my wife, Christy, works for Easter Seals. And uh, and while we were having lunch, uh, we got interrupted quite a few times for hugs. And he's like, you know, everybody <laughs> and they know you. <laughs> so I took that and I take your words as a great compliment. But here's the show from the Mackinac uh, Policy Conference, the parlor of the Grand Hotel. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Food First Michigan. Paula Cunningham, CEO for AARP, co-hosting with me today. Paula, great to see you, and thank you.
3: Thank you. It's always great to be in your company, Dr. Phil. I always like I've get my own personal doctor with me when I'm with Dr. Yeah. Phil
1: Knight. That, that, well, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Uh, we might, you might have to upgrade, though. <laughs> hey, uh, it's great to have Monique Stanton with us, the CEO for Michigan League for Public Policy. And, Monique, thank you for taking the time here at the policy conference to sit down with us to talk policy. Great. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about how you became the CEO for Michigan League for Public Policy.
4: Sure. So, prior to becoming in the league, I was the president and CEO at, the, at Care of Southeastern Michigan. We were a nonprofit that provided behavioral health services, substance oh. use disorder services, work really around parenting and human services to improve the lives of, of people from all ages. When I left uh, CARE, I wanted to do work around policy. You know, we see in human services, people are coming through the system. They need the same types of things over and over and over again. And if we want to create systemic change, we've got to do it at a statewide policy level.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yes. But we agree with that. We talk a lot about that in regard to food, for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. And, and,
3: and it, the impact for older adults in particular, if you don't have the younger generation with the skill sets and the caregiving and the caregivers and, and all the skills that they needed, is going to be upside down as people age, right? All right. the services.
1: Right. Well, this is really good timing because uh, we've got some some policy that's happening in Washington, D.C. that's not necessarily good for anybody, but particularly older Americans. And uh, and, and we've got the debt ceiling uh, mm-hmm. negotiations that are on, ongoing and now have moved from the House to the Senate. And it looks like we're going to raise the work requirements from age 49 to 54. And, Monique, I think you're the exact right person to help us understand what this means.
4: Right. So when we talk about raising work requirements, we're really talking about putting another barrier in the way for people accessing food. Food is a basic human right. If you want to fully engage in society, you you, you shouldn't be hungry, whether you're a kid going to school, an older adult. So increasing these work requirements, reinstating some things. Things that we uh, that happened before COVID, putting them back into place. We knew that that lifting and eliminating work requirements uh, got people food during COVID, and we shouldn't shouldn't be going backwards at this point. There's no reason that in Michigan or in the United States that people are going to be hungry. And it's amazing, isn't it, that those who go hungry the most are
3: older adults Mm -hmm. who actually perhaps give their food to the younger folks or their grandchildren and others who they think need it worse than they do. So putting any kind of additional barriers up is not good for anybody.
1: Right, right. You know, one of the powerful things about this conference that we're attending here, sponsored, of course, by the Detroit Chamber, the Mackinac Policy Conference, is out here on this porch about three years ago, the gentleman who is the CEO for the Humane Society met with the CEO at Gleaners, mm-hmm. Jerry Bresson. Matt and Jerry sat on that porch and realized that there were senior adults who were giving their people food they got from a food right. distribution to their pets. And many times their pets right. are their social interaction, mm-hmm. right? And so now they partnered together and they're doing dual distributions between pets and and people. That's nice. And um, you know, it's it's ground level solutions like that that I think, Monique, you're talking about that we have to have systemic change in order to create True and lasting
4: change. At the conference, we've been talking quite a bit about about the population study and the Mm -hmm. concern about Michigan's declining population, Michigan's aging population. Uh, We issued a report earlier this year that talked about About 25% of young adults, so 18 to 26 in Michigan, are living in poverty. So you look at some of these things that are happening across the state, we shouldn't be putting barriers to one of our most basic fundamental needs. We need people to be able to fully engage in workforce training. We know that young children need access to quality food so their brains are developing. We need older adults to have this. So it's not the time to be doing it. So we're really disappointed that, that food was on the table in terms of a debt ceiling negotiation. One thing that we were excited about um, with, with some of the staff changes is removing those barriers to, to youth and children aging out of the foster care system, the mm-hmm. veterans population, the homeless population. So that's positive. But this should really apply to all people. We should not have these these false limits uh, on accessing
1: food. Yeah, I agree. I, false limits is a really... Um, and, and we shouldn't even be talking about it in reference to the debt ceiling. Right. We've got a farm bill that we'll talk about here in just right. a moment that is really where these conversations are mm-hmm. supposed to occur. Um, but you know, when we talk about uh, raising the, the work requirements from 49 to 54, Monique, do you really think that that's going to be fertile ground? I mean, I think everybody who is who can work is working, right? By far, for the most part,
4: right? People who can work are working, and putting barriers in place, such as taking away access to food, putting in work requirements for something like Medicaid, that that is making it exponentially more difficult for people to find and maintain employment rather than less difficult, and so when we talk about people with very low to no incomes, we want to put as many wraparound services, as many financial supports around individuals so they're able to to, to have a level of stability, so they're able to re-engage in the workforce if if they can. If you don't address some of those fundamental needs, it's very difficult to, to, to go to work on
1: a daily basis. Yeah I, I feel like that the conversations about the debt ceiling is like driving wrong, the wrong way on a one-way right. street. Right. <laughs> right. You just don't belong there. Right.
4: <laughs> food isn't a should not be a part of whether or not our country pays our bills and our financial
1: right. obligations. <laughs> right.
4: Conversations about food access should be in the farm bill negotiations. Absolutely. There's a great mechanism for that. There's lots of organizations including the the league food bank council, uh, AARP, you name it, is talking about the importance of, of renegotiating the farm bill. And, and to do good policy, you don't want to do it over a financial cliff or an arbitrary deadline. You want to do it in an intentional way where you're getting input and feedback from the people that are most directly impacted by the policy. Absolutely. Every day there are
3: 10,000 people turning 65 years old. Every mm-hmm. single day. And people you know, in Washington and other places forget the impact. This is not just about who has the power control it's about the people that are in your district and i often say that we have the voice we have the power so between you know our organizations lifting people's voices and saying this is not right this should not be part of a debt selling conversation we need to lift our voices more and be have a stronger cohesive voice uh, to advocate for these things right
4: you know this change is talking about about 750,000 older americans in the united states losing access to their food benefits it's oh, just under a million people there's no reason that, that in a country like America, that's what we should exactly. be doing and, and solving this crisis on.
1: 750,000 people is a rounding error. Right. <laughs>
4: right.
1: You know? I right. Mean, right. Well, let's talk for a few minutes about the Farm Bill. Mm-hmm. I know the league probably has some uh, priorities and certainly with our uh, chairwoman, uh, Senator Debbie Stabenow, a friend to us all and friends to our work. Um, what are some of the things, you know, and I think the debt ceiling conversation certainly gives us a glimpse of what the farm bill negotiations are going to mm-hmm. be like. So what are we in for?
4: Right. So so farm bill negotiation is important for SNAP. It's important for agriculture business. Uh, and there's a link, obviously, between agriculture and, and food. So supporting our, our food banks, supporting farmers markets, um, Uh, uh, removing, if there's another possibility to renegotiate this, removing those work requirements to accessing SNAP. Increasing access to free and reduced uh, lunch in Michigan. We're trying to do that right now uh, um, through the legislative process. We'd love to see something like that in, uh, uh, to have have no income requirements on free and reduced lunch program for schools. So there's a lot of great opportunity for us to make sure that the people that are getting that have the most need have access to high quality nutritious nutritious food. And, you know, I, I, I was reading
3: some time ago that there are, like, 16 million people who can benefit from SNAP but mm-hmm. will not access it because it's so complicated. Right. The process just to get onto SNAP, uh, particularly for older adults, is just so complicated. So that's something that needs to be streamlined and looked at as well. Right. That many people going without benefits that they could have access right. to.
4: And, then, and we saw it. It, during COVID, we had increases in the SNAP benefit. When we reduced those increases just recently, we saw a significant increase in demand at our local food banks. And so we know that food and hunger is a real issue facing many Americans, many Michiganders, and we want to do everything that we can to alleviate that, that barrier. It's, it's, it's such an essential part of life.
1: Well, we're going to have to continue this conversation when we can do it for a longer time. Monique, Stanton, thank you for being with us here on Food First Michigan. Great. Anytime. It's, uh, we will definitely have you back because uh, you're standing in the gap for so many families and Absolutely. people here in Michigan, and uh, we appreciate you.
4: Great. Thank you so much for having Look me. Look forward to the
3: next time.
1: Thank Thanks. you. Paula and I will be back in just a moment. The Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Thanks everyone. Paula Cunningham, CEO for AARP. Paula, thanks again for being with us here on the Mackinac Policy Conference. It's so always uh, nice
3: hanging out with you, Dr. Phil. I I
1: I, I appreciate that. You know, you're you're you uh, have chosen to uh, serve with us on the Bo- Food Bank Council Board of Directors, and that is, uh, you know, since I'm the Executive Director, that you know was probably cuts your time in purgatory shorter so (laughs) (laughs) let's hope so (laughs) right and it's great to welcome our friend and guest um greg you are the regional marketing
0: president for huntington bank and uh it's great to have you here thank you thank you dr phil it's good to be here um uh, what a great conference and, and great to see everybody here. Paula, nice to see you as well.
1: Thank you. You as well. Well, Greg Viner and Paula Cunningham, I feel like you two are going to speak the same language because uh, you're in banking. You and were, I got out of banking. <laughs> 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 Which may be the pursuit of every banker. Yeah. I don't know. Get in and get, get out, out. But 2008,
0: um, 2009.
1: Ooh, fun know. time. <laughs> but... Um, you know, we, you and I, Greg, had had breakfast together, and um, as I shared uh, just a few minutes ago, that Huntington Bank from the southeast was honored by our food bank, um, Gleaners Community Food Bank in, in Detroit, as uh, the corporate partner. But that's really kind of in the dna of huntington isn't it to to be a part of the community
0: yeah you know it it really is it 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 comes from our purpose um what we get up every day and try to live um is our purpose which is how do we make people's lives better help businesses thrive and make our community stronger and and we do that with action i mean Mm that it's Purposes are great, you know, it's great to have that on a, on a corporate wall, but in, unless your colleagues, the, the, the people that you go to work with every day, believe it and put it into action, it's, it's just words. And at Huntington, there, there really is this kind of core connection into that purpose. It, in some ways, it's simple, uh, and, and that simple allows us to drive to action, and kind of working and engaging in the community is such a big part of that. That's huge because it, it, it takes the entire community to really bring about change, right? I mean, you're
3: not doing this just to get your name on a banner. Your name's all over the entire state, entire country, but you're doing
0: it because you care.
3: It, w- well, you care about the people in the yeah, community. Yeah, yeah we,
0: we do. You know, we have we have over 4,000 colleagues in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to turn now and, and not necessarily a Huntington branding right. or a Huntington right. mm-hmm. branch. So we're in a lot of the communities. Mm-hmm. We, um, as a state... Um, As a community we're we're only as strong as as each of our communities. So that engagement is is really important Well, that's I really like I
1: like that I'm gonna like that because I'm gonna tell you that I, I I would say that when we're talking about families in our community Someone's tried to say the one tide raises all the boats in the harbor Okay Not if your boat's got a hole in it. (laughs) It only exasperates the problem, right? So I I think that the economic chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And so if we can bring the folks that that the food banks are serving into this economic solution and strengthen them as families, uh, that household income, man, can you imagine a community that, didn't have to worry about food. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine what the health outcomes would be like, what the educational outcomes would be like? We wouldn't have to worry about whether we had a law that said third grade reading level by third grade, whether we had it or we don't right We wouldn't have to worry about it because if kids are well fed, they'll be well read mm-hmm. and I, so I, I like what you said there that 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 you know
0: you, we're only Michigan's only really as strong as the weakest community it is. It is, and you know, and there's, um, you know, and with hunger, um, there's a lot of work to do, right? right? And we, we we've talked about that that in uh, our engagement in um, so many community partners, but certainly the food banks in our communities is really important. We're we're proud that that to to receive that that award, and I know just in in May we had um, some of our executive leadership team. Um, along with our CEO Steve Steinauer at Gleaners, and, and they packed um, you know, some of the commodity programs, uh, they packed up some boxes right. uh, there. We just had a, a, a posting internally uh, about that work. So we're constantly looking at um, and sharing stories with the work that we're doing to really kind of inspire and encourage all of our colleagues to, um, to be engaged with that work as well and
3: And we appreciate gleaners recognizing that as well. you know Huntington has been in a community for years, and you 're right your name is all over the place but it 's not just about the banking isn 't it I mean The people who come to Huntington, you 're being recognized now for more than just a good place to to bank or to have a financial um, Program. You're being recognized now for being a community partner, and the recognition from Gleaners helps to uh, edify that even more.
0: Yeah, you know, um, certainly we, we want to make sure that we, we do everything we can to, to provide access to capital, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. provide uh, a, a place for um, those that, that want to open up an account or, or maybe save for a home. Uh, but we also recognize you know, the, the, that some of the, the hunger, some of the food insecurity that, that does comes, comes from kind of some core uh, issues that, that we have in our economy, that the home ownership or access to, to home, childcare, care, all of those things. Now, we can't solve everything, uh, right. we, um, but together mm-hmm. with partners, mm-hmm. we can certainly help be part of the solution.
3: And that's what community is. It's it not is. just when the air people think about us as being a you know, 15 older, older adults, but we always say in our, in our promotion, we always say that older adults, are communities and their families, you know, so it's not just about one segment of our population. Yeah. It's about building community.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of good stuff right there. You guys are talking about because uh, when I think about 4,000 employees at yeah. Huntington, um, and to have you both here, Paula Cunningham, the CEO for AARP, co-hosting with me, Greg Viner, the regional marketing president for Huntington Bank in the, the Flint area market and, yeah. and expanding northward That's with, right. with, with here. Um, there are two places that food banks get volunteers from, and volunteers are very vital to our business model. Uh, we've increased our, uh, since COVID started, uh, thank God, it's. Right. Yeah. So it's four by. F- we've increased that food distribution by forty-seven percent. The only way we could do that is with the volunteers, mm-hmm. and they come from two places. They come from senior citizens. Yes. And they come from corporations. Yes. Mm. And so you both are vital to the solution mm-hmm. of helping get people get access to the food that they both want and need every day. So you should feel good about that. I feel great about it. <laughs> It's a problem. It's a major
3: issue, and we appreciate volunteers. I'm sure uh, Corporate America, though, makes it possible for them. Bring resources to the table that volunteers sometimes don't have. Volunteers will give their time, their heart, their passion, but we need that partnership with Corporate America.
0: We just had a group at Food Bank of Eastern Michigan in in April, a very large uh, Huntington uh, group of colleagues, and to a person, they all said it was one of the best volunteer days Mm -hmm. of their Mm -hmm. career. There's just so much engagement that happens when they see what they're packing or start to understand the mission a little bit and how critical it right. is for those in need to have food. Right. Well,
1: at the Food Bank Council, we think our work revolves around three buckets. The first one is our trade association work. Get as much resource for your members as you can get, mm-hmm. food and funds. Mm-hmm. Second, what's the work going to look like in three years? Because banking certainly has changed in, in, in the last decade, right, or two decades. And so... If we're not innovating, we're going to fall behind. And the third bucket is what Anna Almanza, who's here with us, uh, our director of policy leads, which is our anti-hunger work. What policies exist that really hold people down, trapped in poverty? And what I both heard you talk about in your exchange here a minute ago was the the answer is really systems change. we got to feed people today because they're hungry today, but we can't just do that. We have to think about what are the policies we can change so that the system works better for people and gives them what they
0: really what they need to survive to to, to thrive. So, you guys are a part of that. Well, we're we're happy to be part of it, and, and again, it's it's a partnership uh, uh, with many. Uh, if we all stack hands together, right. um, you know, whether, whether we find, you know, the exact solution, because I think it is going to change. Banking has changed. Mm-hmm, right. uh, all of our businesses keep changing. Um, but all of us collectively together continue to work on uh, the issue, the problem, uh, can help find solutions to continue to uh, help our community be better.
3: Right, and it's not about pitting one against the other. I was asked the other day by an elected That's official, well, we've been a lot for older adults. We need to focus now on children. It's a system. It's a community. It's one in the same. It you know, you can't look at segments and pit them against one another. You've got to look at how to have systemic change.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of what this conference is all about. Exactly. It's it's and, right? Yeah, we have to do this and, and. and right. it, we can't not say and,
3: not but, but yeah, or, right. or or, <laughs> right. or nor. Right. It's and.
0: That word is
1: not allowed <laughs> no. on the island <laughs> <No>. this week. <laughs> Greg Viner, the regional marketing president for Huntington Bank. Thank you for being with thank us. Thank you. It's great to have you. We'll continue this conversation, uh, maybe even on the golf course. I look kind. forward <laughs> to it. Yeah, <laughs> right. thanks, Dr. Phil. Thanks, Paula. Yeah, thank it's you great for being here. You. Paula yeah. and I will be back with you in just a moment. Thank you.
0: Food First, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry.
1: Welcome back, everyone. As promised, Paula Cunningham is here with me and the uh, parlor of the Grand Hotel, the uh, Mackinac Policy Conference. You might want to clarify that a little bit, Paula and Phil at the the parlor at the Grand Hotel. I know. Well, you know, I I have to tell you about another... Verbal miscue I made, but I can't do it on air. All
4: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we welcome Patty Graham to a Thank you, Patty, for taking the time. The CEO for Meridian Health Plan, and
5: it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Phil.
1: So we're 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 uh, kind of old hat at this because uh, our mutual friend and colleague Deb Muchmore got us together for dinner. Yes. And uh, our teams talked, and man, what a great conversation. So. Oh, my I, goodness. I, I think of you now as the meridian difference. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much.
5: Well, and certainly we wouldn't do the work we're doing if we weren't dedicated and devoted to making a difference. So really appreciate it. And, you know, you made a one, you know, one and a half hour dinner turned into, I think, four hours. And it felt like five minutes. So yes. it's
1: just wonderful. It, it, was, a, it was a lot That's of nice. fun. Yeah. Very Nice. So, tell us about Meridian Health and and why, you know, we're on Food First Michigan, we're here on the policy conference, we're trying to elevate the issues that many of your members and our clients are facing, uh, particularly food insecurity. So, tell us why Meridian would even be interested in that.
5: Sure. So, Meridian's been a part of Michigan for 26 years. We were... We are headquartered in Detroit, Michigan, we've got staff throughout, 2,100 people who live and work in Michigan. Um, And we support government programs, specifically Medicaid and and Medicare, and dual eligible uh, citizens of Michigan. And much of that work, that dedication to service, is making sure that folks have what they need, and particularly when we think about the way we connect things like food insecurity we're looking at the whole person and how important it is for us to be connected, not only in the communities, but also able to connect back to the whole person's health. Um, and I, oftentimes, I've heard people say, people refer to Medicaid recipients um, in a way, and oftentimes, I like to say that they're they're just our neighbors. Mm. They're they're people that are in our lives every single day. They may have been us in a season. Um, and so, how do we help each other be better? and collect kind of our resources to make sure we're more efficient and can get those deployed yes. and, oh, one yep. other mention i think uh, we talked about this before but i i think we judge ourselves based on our intention and we judge others based on their action and if we give each other just a little bit more grace there's likely an that's opportunity good. for us to do better
3: always that's good that's really good yeah and, and the actions is what speaks louder and makes a difference that's right that's right
1: uh, Patty shared that at our dinner, and I wrote it down. I've been using it, and the first time I used it, I actually gave her credit. But you're not going to. But <laughs> the 30 times after that, I haven't. Uh, so um, that sounds like you. Yeah. yeah, right. right. Steal from the best. So, so um, Paula, that has to just warm your heart because. AARP obviously is standing in the gap for senior citizens and, Absolutely. and didn't find someone like Patty in her position of influence and leadership having those same values. Absolutely,
3: and you, what you said about the whole person, it's not just you know a segment of our population. People don't realize that if you're hungry, if you don't have food, then that impacts your family, impacts your grandchildren, impacts your housing. Food is like the number one issue in someone's life. And so, not waiting until you're older, then figuring out food insecurity, but looking at the whole system. How did you get there in the first place? What do you need to do to make certain that never happens again? And I look forward to the day when we don't even have to talk about food insecurity at all.
5: I think that the other interesting thing is we often will segment populations by the type of people, whether they're um, elderly or young or, or babies mm. and, or mothers, but really much of this conversation is about household. Right. And we've got lots of people who are living in multi-generational households. We've mm. got lots of, you may have children that are in school, but often people don't have children in school. So when we think about resources and how they're deployed, that household approach is so important.
1: Well, I think that even would... We don't have time to do this here, but the the discussion about minimum wage, in my estimation, is the wrong conversation. Household income is the right because of the fact you just... Right. Multi-generational. So one of the reasons people will say they come to food distributions uh, is because someone moved home, Mm -hmm. and now they're having to spend that money on the needs of the person that they just took in, whether it's a mom-in-law who now needs medicine. Well, I can buy the medicine, or I can't pay the utility bill or whatever. And so food is a You know, they're not giving away free electricity. If they are, sign me up. But, (laughs) you know, there are places like food banks that you can get help with with food, and that's a, it's like money, mm-hmm. you know, so. Right. and I there's th- that
3: sandwich generation, right, where that, that middle-aged person is taking care of a young person as well as their, yes. their parent, or their, their mother-in-law, or father-in-law, or whatever, and they're sandwiched in the middle, and that food doesn't go as far as it used to go.
1: That's right, that's right. Well, and even kids, uh, I had a conversation here on the porch, uh, the, the Mackinac Policy Conference, about the number of adult children who are moving back home. Mm-hmm. puts a stress on the the budget Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that I keep moving and not leaving a forwarding address (laughs) so my kids can't (laughs) find me. But nonetheless, it's, um, it's, I just, from our dinner, Patty, uh, until today, I've just been thinking about a story you told about kids in Michigan and the need for eyeglasses. Oh, sure, yes.
5: It's an interesting, there's a couple of things around, Resources and where those resources are deployed. And oftentimes we may have the first step of a process, but we don't have it see to completion. Um, And so one of the things that I think we do well at is connecting to that member story. Mm. An example would be children who are screened for vision screening in schools. Um, We know that they may need glasses, and their propensity for success is drastically different if they get those glasses or if they don't. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we have the screening and we might have the prescription, but we don't have the glasses. And so when you think about that, the opportunity we have to connect the resources with those that need them, it's not necessarily about funding necessarily, it's about connecting of people who can. And we've seen great results in areas where we're able to screen and deploy glasses and have done pilots where we screen folks and deploy and have the, them sent either to the school or to the home and find that they're not only more satisfied, but they have what they need, not just the piece of paper that tells them what they need, mm-hmm. mm. which I think is is um, silly, right? As it, as people, we think it makes sense to do certain things. And you can write it down, but it doesn't always mean you do it.
1: Yeah. That's, and, that's powerful. Yeah, And you decided to do something yes. about it. Yeah.
5: Yes. and And I think that's one of the great things about the way we connect resources and people. I think another, thinking about food insecurity, oftentimes um, our, our teams are deployed to do things um, to help communities and then we're making decisions. And one of the things I'm super thankful for is the partnership with Salvation Army. We, Captain Jamie, Jamie Winkler in Detroit, uh, we participate on the bed and breads trucks. And often that is um, something where if you, if you haven't volunteered, everyone should. But it's deploying resources throughout the whole community, uh, 365 days a year through meals. And they're emergency meals, right? Mm-hmm. And so is there a possibility that we could think differently around deploying those resources in a way that doesn't need to be every day? If it does, that's fine too. But certainly humbling when you think about what you can learn from people working through different challenges in life. And then also having that experience to understand how the consumer experiences. Right. The things we call benefits.
1: I I like that idea of the member story, which tells me you're listening. Yes, absolutely.
3: And one of the things you always talk about too, Dr. Phil, is the dignity and the respect and so being able to make certain people maintain that while they're getting the resources that they need. Because we all need something at some point in our lives. And so having yeah. that kind of that, that dignity that's attached to that. If you need glasses, if you need some additional help or support, how do you get that support yes. also is important.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's Patty Graham. She's the CEO for Meridian Health Plan. She's She's awesome. She's awesome. That's true. (laughs) And she's our friend, colleague, and partner in this great work. So thank you, Patty, for being with us.
5: Thank you from the bottom of my heart, kindly, for everything. uh,
1: You know, the next time we do this, we're going to have a lot longer. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And we appreciate all of you being with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Well, Jerry, that was another stellar lineup of folks that are attending the Mackinac Policy Conference. And Patricia Graham, man, I'll tell you what, I'd like to clone her. The way she leads Meridian Health Plan is inspiring. And then uh, Greg, you know, why does a banker want to be so involved in in food security? And then Monique Stanton is doing an excellent job at the Michigan League. You know, One of the
2: reasons that we think hunger is solvable is because so many people are interested in solving it. And once again, you know, a great lineup of people from very different walks of life, all of whom have come to a place at the Mackinac Policy Conference where they're willing and able and eager to talk about the issue of food insecurity and why it's important. And uh, so, you know, not only an impressive guest list, but people with significant influence, right? People who look at a lot of issues with a lot of complexity who say, you know, whatever else we need to solve, this is important to solve. And, of course, one of our fundamental beliefs is if you're hungry, you only have one problem. Right. right. And so you got to solve this to solve so many other social issues. And particularly, you know, thinking about health care, um, you know, we 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 know and have known for a long time that food insecurity makes healthcare more expensive more difficult more time consuming and so there's so many reasons why the social determinants of health including food insecurity need to be solved
1: it's always great to see leadership from healthcare standing up and saying we need to do this well that's 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 patty graham right there for sure but then you know you think about greg viner and i know you have a, a personal and professional relationship with huntington bank You know, we're starting to evolve in our thinking a little bit, I think, to see food insecurity keeps people in poverty. And, you know, if it truly is an economic stability issue, then certainly financial education is one of the tools in that toolbox. And I think that's one of the things that separates Greg Viner is that he really wants to see our families have access to those kinds of tools.
2: You know, a lot of things coming together, and that's a beautiful thing to see.
1: Yeah, and, you know, so I would say it's, a, it's probably time for a little food for thought. Failures are divided into two classes. Those who thought and never did and those who did and never thought. And I kind of agree with that. But Patty, Greg, and Monique, our guests on the show today, are doers of good. And while they occupy the positions of influence they do... They will use them to stand in the gap in order to bridge the gap between poverty that's manifested as food insecurity and having enough access to the food that people want and need for their families. Join us along with Patty, Greg, and Monique as we strive to put and keep food first, folks. Food first.